scorer. And the stadium erupts. Downing running to build the fullback. Whips a great looking ball in. Everyone, welcome back to the Borough Mag podcast with me, editor Rob Fletcher. I'm really pleased to be joined this week by someone you'll know if you read the Borough programs, if you've been on the Borough website, or you follow him uh, on social media. You'll see a lot of the historical and heritage work that he does with the club. And it's uh, Dr. Tosh Warwick. How are you doing, Tosh? Hi, Robin. Nice to see you, mate. Yeah, good to see you too. For people who um, went to St. Peter's anytime between the mid 90s and the early 2000s, me and Tosh went to the same school and kind of uh, knew each other a little bit. He was a year above me, and then sort of reconnected a little bit at the start of Borough Mag, didn't we? Yeah, I mean, the Borough Mag, you know, it's, it's reconnected us, obviously, two St. Peter's lads, and um, obviously the Borough Mag's been brilliant. It's, it's great to see this podcast come out of it, you know, and um, it's just a brilliant platform for, you know, well, as you know, like me and you, uh, bringing people together, talking about, the, um, talking about the Borough, yeah. And it's been great to see so many other things sort of, pop up as well about Borough too but thinking back to how we got into all of this sort of thing which is one of the things that we talk about a lot on the podcast what were your sort of first experiences of the club of being a fan of going to the game of enjoying the game and and sort of getting sucked in really well bizarrely I didn't enjoy my first game um even we actually won 6-0 um I can't remember it my dad tells me we won 6-0 we beat um Sheffield United um, in 1988, so I'd just turned four, which sounds quite harsh to take a kid to Essen Park in the in the chicken run. Um, and um, yeah, Stuart Ripley scored a hat-trick, um, but I was crying to go home at half-time. Um, you know, so a bit, of a, a bit of a weird start, but I mean, funnily enough, one of my best mates, um, um, Joe Broderick, who also went to um, um, St. Peter's, um, Joe's first game was a 6-0 win, but that was against Leicester. You know, so obviously we started off with a really good, like, um, you know, good luck charms, and it went downhill, you know, uh, ever since. But, yeah, I mean, I've always felt an, an affinity to the club and and, the, and obviously, you know, growing up in South Bank, you know, you hear a lot about, um, you know, the likes of Wolf Mannion and what have you, Jackie Carr. Um, and, and I didn't, at the time, I can't, when I was growing up as a kid, there wasn't many many kids who weren't Borough fans. Mm-hmm. Um, you had the odd Man U fan, the odd Liverpool fan and what have you. Um, you had a couple of Celtic fans kicking about in South Bank, obviously with the, the Irish Catholic connections. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, it was just kind of a natural thing to do. So our dad didn't take us that much in the early years. Um, I have a very faint memory of him um, going to Wembley in 1990. I was only six at the time. It was a week after my birthday. And... Um, I remember him going, and I found, you know, he's going off to London, you know, as a six-year-old living in Southbank, and, you know, your dad going off there for the Borough match was, um, you knew it was something special, you know, even even at that young age, you knew there was something special, and, um, you know, eventually I started going to Essen Park more, um, saw a bit of um, um, Lenny's time there, um, I think Lenny was a massively underrated manager, what he's done at the Borough, mm-hmm. um, sure we can say a bit more about Lenny later on. Um, yeah, so I, I grew up, you know, my heroes growing up were like that that Lenny team, um, the later Lenny, Lenny years. So, you know, that's like um, Paul Wilkinson was my hero growing up. I loved Wilco and I always, um, 
I'm totally biased. Like, you know, I'd have me, I probably have in me in my borough eleven or at least on the bench. Um yeah, people like Wilco, John Entry, um, um, lads like Craig Ignat, um, Alan Moore. Um, you know, exciting, they're really exciting players to watch. And I always remember at Ayrson Park, um, I went, um, I went. There's a couple of matches that stick in my head. I don't know. I don't know why. There's no logic to it. Uh, I think we played Peterborough at home, or, or, or maybe no, I've been Birmingham. I think and um, Pesky Salido scored. You know, um, yeah, yeah. Karen Karen Brady's husband. And it's just stuff little goals that stick in my head because I was on crutches at the time. Because normally we stood in the in the Hallgate end or um, uh, in Clive Road, and um, yeah, I just it's just weird because I, because I was sat down. It was a curious experience, and yeah, I think yeah. we drew. I think we drew two. All. I think Alan Moore might have scored. I can't remember. And um, but yeah, just weird little things like pop in my head. But obviously, yeah, I, I always felt like Lenny got a bit of a, a tough deal, and um, you know that. I mean, those are the those years where you kind of see that the shirts that I associate with, like the the Evening Gazette, the um, and the ICI. Top, you know, the ICI top, you know, we had a third kit in 1993, yeah. wasn't it? Um, because the, the white was the third, wasn't it? I think, is that right? Um, the blue was the third, that's right, yeah, yeah. And um, I've still got the programs and that, you know, from going to games with yeah, yeah. and Craig Ignitz and um, Willie Faulkner modeling the right. new tops with um, yeah. I think it might be an Ironside, if I remember right there, I can't, I can't quite remember. Or, um, yeah, I can't remember it was on the front. But yeah, I mean, and you know, a lot of those players are still, even though that, you know, perhaps quality wise, that they weren't, you know, of the levels of the later players we had, you know, the likes of Rav Nelly, Janino, Emerson, and all that. Um, you know, they had a, there's a special kind of bond there. I mean, growing up as a, a lad, um, you know, in, in the borough, I've always been dead keen to see local lads do well for the borough. Mm. You know, I think there's a special kind of buzz there. Um, and again, I think that goes back to childhood. You know, you know, you're getting hammered home. Um, you know, Wolf Mannion went to your school, you know. And um, yeah, so when that's like Jeremy Pollock. I love Jeremy Pollock. You know, I know he's, he's dead rash. I know he's diving into tackles. And, you know, sometimes he can be a liability as much as an asset. Um, but um yeah, I loved like Jamie. Like he used to put the boot in on my eleventh birthday. He scored the winner at um, at Roker Park, um, a night match last um, uh, when we went up in that, in that nice two-ton green kit. Um, yeah, it's just weird stuff. Like I, I was looking back at this like in, in preparation for the podcast, and there's there's a brilliant photo I've got uh, with my little brother. Now our Daniel's um, eleven years younger than me. And his, he, we went, I mean, our dad went to the last match of the last proper match of the league game. He wouldn't go to Percy's testimony because he thought they, like, they've got enough money and all that, you know. Um, but we went to the Luton game, and um, I'll come back to Daniel in a bit. But they went to the Luton game. There's like weird stuff like that. Obviously, the Borough players were partying inside afterwards. We were in the hall gate. Um, and we went past the Essen Park gates, you know, we went down the alley to the gates. And obviously all the borough players are still in there, you know, because we hadn't secured promotion, but we were more or less going up, you know. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, we just needed Bolton to draw to Stoke or something on the Tuesday, and they did. And, uh, and yeah, so Bolton had Peter Shilton in goal. And, um, and um, yeah, I just, it's just weird little memories like, Scott Oaks, I don't remember Scott Oaks. Yeah, um, he scored for he scored for Luton against Newcastle, put them at the cup. I think it was that season or the season before. Um, he signed me Borough mug, um, and I managed to smash it um, within about a day or something. So, but I remember like walking home with that and like bumping into me, 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 me uncle and that. And um, 
Yeah, and like the, the week after we, we played we played Tranmere away. It was on Tyne Tees, but that was it was on a Sunday, and it was my brother's um his christening. Um and there's a picture of me, my brother my brother, um red Dickens top one, you know, the 94, yeah. 95 one. And it's a bit the baby's crying, like my little brother's crying. He's 28 now, he's had download this weekend. Um, but um he's he's like um he's crying in my arms, but I'm holding up the sports because that you know, my <laughs> brother's about saying um, you know, brother being promoted. I have to take that photo out. I've seen it somewhere. Um but yeah, just like little memories like that. And I always remember the even though I was eleven year old, um, and this is probably the you know the young historian in me. I know even though I'd only been going to Essen for a couple of seasons, you know, I might have been like when I was a kid, but it wasn't a regular thing until like Lenny and then obviously Robbo when he, you know, he transformed the club. Um, but I felt like, even I felt a wrench, you know, leaving um, Essen to go to Riverside. It was exciting. You're like, oh, yeah, wow, yeah. you know, it's um, it's amazing. And obviously Essen didn't come down for another year and a half or so. Um, but I, I, mem- I remember we used to go and watch the Riverside being built. I'm sure as thousands of Borough fans will, will remember, um, you know, going to that porter cabin and, you know, seeing the Taylor Woodrow signs and um, there was a buzz. There's a buzz about the whole town and I think that shows the power of football. And um, and I'm going to Riverside that first day. Um, it was, um, even now, like, I get like, um, you know, I get like, my, I get like butterflies, you know, it was, it was incredible, you know, because even though you, you see it kind of take shape, you know, you go over on your bike and, and see it, you know, um, there's something that day was, 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 in, it was something like I'd never known. Um, it, the whole, like, the whole club had changed, mm. you know, it just, it just a transformation, you know, it was the largest ground built in the country since the second world war. Um, we're the first like major ones to to build a modern stadium. I know Millwall had done it. I know a couple of clubs have done it before us, but that was a you know huge stadium. You know, it was all about regenerating the Riverside and all that. Um, that's not really been achieved, maybe as much as we would have hoped. Um, but yeah, it's and it was they were really exciting days that um, that early Riverside um, Riverside period, especially. What kind of a fan were you during that time? A lot of people during the formative years, you know, you're collecting the stickers, you're getting the shirts, you're reading everything you can in the Gazette. Were you that kind of sort of obsessive where, I mean, I know I I used to love, I remember getting um, from the St. Andrews Primary School Summer Fair, not St. Andrews, I think it's St. Margaret Clitheroe, but it was like a Saturday morning Summer Fair. And there was one of those huge, like Rothmans or Barclays yearbooks, you know, with all the statistics in. But yeah, it was yeah, like yeah, five yeah. years old or something. It was like 1989 for like 10p. I remember yeah. just sitting through and looking at like appearances, goals, who played for everyone. I mean, it was five years out of date. But I used to do the same with the programmes. You know, mm. you'd be looking at their team. Oh, he's played 125 games, but he's only played 75 games for Borough. Were you kind of really sort of soaking in that or were you just to kind of... I'll turn up, I'll watch the game. Like I like the sounds, I love the players, but that's kind of where it ends. No, I lived and breathed it. Um, you know, off the top of my head, I'm probably totally wrong here. I think Robbo played 513 career matches. I think he's got 113 goals or something like that. I remember that from the Borough stat. I know Paul Wilkinson was born in, is it Louth, Lincolnshire? Uh, um, I know where all the players were born. I know um, I know where um, Alan, Murray, Alan Miller had been out on loan. I used to study it and study it and... Um, yeah, even even like going back to being a kid, like I'm, I, God knows what our dad's done with it. Um, but I used, to, I had the um, the the Italian ninety um, sticker album. 
Oh yeah. Um, I always remember the cover was missing eventually, but um, I'd love to know what happened to that because you know I'd love to have that now. Um, but yeah, I've always, I've always, I've always been a bit of a hoarder to be honest. And um, I used to collect the um, again, like going back to what you did, I suppose. There's these out of date football cards. I don't know if you remember, there used to be a big market in South Bank on a Friday, and my mum came. Um, my mum came home and um, one day of all these um, these football stickers, and there were the old um, football league stickers, and they had like Pally on there, play for Man U and Slaven and uh, for the Borough, and um, it's sort of been about ninety, maybe about ninety ninety one, maybe it's ninety one yeah. ninety two. No, it'll be ninety. It might be ninety ninety actually. But um, so anyway, she got me loads and loads and loads of these, and I went back down the market and got more. So we had this big metal drum of um. John player cards and they're still in the loft somewhere in um in in South Bank of the old house and so whoever took them and um they must be worth a fortune so whoever whoever's living at um 70 Hampton Street have got um a lot of um a lot of money in the loft if if if, if they can still get it um but yes yeah, so I used to obsess over stuff like that you know I was always fascinated by bizarre stuff like um like Gary Pallister being born in in um in was he born in Ashford or Kent or something? Yeah, you know he's born yeah, yeah. yeah and um you know I was always like trying to suss out loyalties and you know I used to, I always remember as a kid and it's, and it's bizarre and I'm not, even though I should know better and you know I'm, you know professional and all that carry on um I always remember being brought up to despise Sunderland <laughs> um to hate Sunderland and um even now like. You know, I think a lot of the new bur- the new Borough fans, you know, the you know, the obsess over Leeds, bizarrely, um, Newcastle to a lesser extent, everyone's favourite, second favourite team, apparently. Um, you know, and yes, uh, Sunderland, I hated them. And uh, even as a kid, like when I used to collect stuff, I wasn't bothered at all about getting a Sunderland stickers or like Sunderland cards and that. But yeah, I was always obsessive anyway. And I, I was always wanting to study all the stats and who played what game. And our dad would never take us to the... Um, the Anglo-Italian matches, he said they weren't proper matches. Um, so like, I used to miss out on that. So I used to study the programme, you know, religiously afterwards. And yeah. I had all the bird tapes. I've actually got some bird tapes on my shelf still. I haven't got anywhere to play them, but I've got like my 91, 92 season videos and me, you know, with the 93, 93, 94, they had them in like three parts or four parts or something. So I have like little random videos still and recordings when the last match at ASM and... Um, and so it's coming handy actually because we've used it with the club. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. we showed we showed the coverage of um, the Luton game um, uh, for the twenty fifth anniversary. But yeah, I've always been like um, one thing I've never been really is a collector of of shirts and that because yeah. I, I I only ever had them like organically if you know what I mean. Like um, when I had them, I'd, I'd you know I'd wear them to death, and um, I'd love to know what happened to them actually because I've I, I've got loads of like shirts going back to the nineties and. Um, our, our mum's passed away now, bless her, but um, she probably binned them. She probably thought they were just knackered old shirts. And um, yeah, I need, to, I need to dig in and um, see what I can find. But yeah, I've always like, um, um, you know, I always wanted to have some kind of ephemera, some kind of, you know, the latest news program, fanzine, um, um, the sports gazette, actually. Um, so what we used to do, I used to go to match with a fellow called Mick Murphy um, and his kids, Nicola and uh, Michael. And um, so we used to walk to the riverside from South Bank and walk down Cargo Fleet Lane, you know, past the old Cargo yeah, Fleet yeah. Steelworks and that, and uh, the old office, the Lambar Council office. And um, so we used to walk back and it used to take about 40 minutes, I think, 
um, top of my head, 45 minutes, something like that. But there's always enough time to go to um, the, the the paper shop on uh, Victoria Road in South Bank, just around the corner from our house. So I'd always go and get the sports gazette. I used to get there about six o'clock, I think, quarter past six. So, um, so I was always in time to get the sports gazette. And, um, you know, that was my little routine after the match had been on. On, I think it was on TFM back then, um, you know, if it was an away game, I'd go and get the 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 um, the, the sports because afterwards I've still got a, I've still got a box for them somewhere. Um, so yeah, um, yeah. So I'm, I'm a bit of a hoarder, I think, and it's got it's got worse over time. You know, I I mean, Mum, bless her, she she knew I used to like love anything to do with football or the boy. She used to go to record boot sale on a on a on a Sunday. Um, and she'd always come home with like you know some random borough magazine or some or you know someone to put on eBay now for about forty quid she get for about twenty pence. That yeah, yeah, could be still you know. Um, but yeah, and, and over the years, like I used to think, oh, why she buy me all this? You know, uh, when she'd buy me like three or four of the same thing. But it's coming really anti, and I mean you can't see on camera, but my bookshelf's full of like daft little magazines or programs or. Um, you know, it is said to the borough and all that, you know. Um and I mean me my partner mocks me because um you know so nobody goes mad because she says that I carry around my um the borough Bible like um like like a priest for the proper Bible. So I'm always referring to it. So you always see like little bits like that in there when you you look at borough grounds or this one too this this is who's that team I think you know needs updating that one actually. Um but it's all that yeah. paraphernalia that goes around being a fan, isn't it? I know I'm I used to love getting the sports kit. I remember getting the sports kit. I remember reading the Gazette for like transfer news, but as a club we were we were quite progressive during that nineteen nineties period, especially because we, we brought out the magazine. We had Red Raw and Riverside Raw and we set up um, Borough TV, which was the first football dedicated football TV channel sort of set up by a club. And at that mm. time, even with the signings we were making with the ground, we were quite a modern forward-thinking club, weren't we? And I do, I mean, obviously Steve Gibson deserves all the credit he gets, but mm. probably him being a little bit younger than other people who run the club, he was maybe thinking about things a little bit differently and how we could market the club in a different way because we were a small club, mm. really, in a, in a small place, that suddenly in that mid-90s period, I mean, for us at school, it was just, it was unbelievable because it was like an explosion of world soccer, mm. championship manager, computer games. We were buying all those players, weren't we, that you could read about on all these magazines mm. and watch them on Gazetta Football Italia all of a sudden. And then they were at the Riverside, which was which was just mad. It was it was surreal. Um, I mean, I don't ever, I don't ever think we were a small club. I think we were an average club. Mm. I think we were very I think we were a very normal club. Um, you know, we were like we were like. Um, I mean, I've got a soft spot for for Bradford City. Um, I haven't lived there, and um, you know, the boy is like somewhere like Sheffield United or like um, you know, look, look at what's happened to Oldham. Um, you know, we're lucky because we haven't got the the challenge of you know competing with other clubs really yeah. in, in our area. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're just like a normal kind of like you know run the mill club. You know, we've gone the we've gone the the, the top flight every now and again. We get relegated again. Um, but you know, upper second division was always our kind of level. So um, you know, and the stats bear that out. You know, we, we were looking at. Um, I was talking to my cousin actually the other day. Um, we're looking at the last player to score, um, to score twenty goals in the top flight for the borough, and it was um, Alex McCray. I mean, and we worked out it was nineteen. 
1950-51, he's got 21 goals in the top flight. That's the last time we had a player. So it's over 70 years now where we had a player who's got 20, 20 or more league goals in the top flight. And that's not a reflection on some of the falls we've had. It's because we've been in the second division. Yeah, you know, Clough, yeah. Never, Clough never played in the top flight at his peak. Um, um, you know, with a, with a, we didn't play in the top flight with the Borough. Um, that's like Alan Peacock. I was lucky to meet Alan Peacock. You know, they never got to... You know, play at a high level with the borough because we couldn't defend or we, we were taking bribes, whatever part of the story you you, you believe on that. Um, you know, and people like you know Slaven and um, you know that's like John, like John in general, John and and, and Wilco played the top flight. And Wilco, I think Wilco scored fifteen goals. Yeah, he had a good season you know, in, a, in, a, in an incredibly incredibly poor side. Um, you know. Um, but yeah, um, I forgot what the question was. So I keep going off on tangents, so now. But but it's yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. Yeah, yes, yeah. so it was. It was like a huge transformation because, you know, for all the best will in the world, um, you know, and the, you know, the what they had that had like you know successful careers. So I'm not bad mouthing any particular players. Um, that that team was brilliant because we had a tra- we had like um, a combination of some of the better players from the the, the championship side. So people like Nigel Pearson were colossal mm. for the better. Um, you know, lads like. Um, um, trying to think, like, like you know, John Hendry um, Higgins. I know John Hendry left, you know, in the the second season, didn't he? Help Barnes. He got up in the Wilco. Um, but yeah, it was like a, a weird kind of mix because we hadn't totally abandoned all our principles and mm-hmm. our, our squads. But for all the best will in the world, um, I used to go and see like lads like um, like um, Andy Peake playing in midfield. Um, and then you know we went from having Andy Peake and Andy Todd and um, um, you know uh, you know Richard Liebed, um and Andy Collar made for Andy Collar so I'm gonna be careful Andy Collar and then we went we went from having you know lads who you know really good careers and that but you know then we moved up a total level you know and we had like Musto you know who, who managed to you know hold on in there. Playing alongside lads like Paul Ince, I know they're getting to the you know the twilight of the career, but you know Ince and like um, I mean for me Emerson was you know he, he could be fantastic. We had Emerson Brazilian football of the year, sorry Portuguese football of the year, Janinho Brazilian football of the year. Janinho was the, the one that made it for me. I, I I love him, and you know you get this nonsense from people like um, uh, I think it was Benny Slade. He said he said um, you know. Um, He's, he, he jumped ship as soon as he could and all that. You know, these are players that when they were playing in the second division or first division for the Borough, they were talking about how, how much they'd love to move to Celtic, you know, when yeah, they're at yeah. the club, you know. Um, so, yeah, Janino for me was, um, yeah, he, he was amazing. Like, I've, never, I've never, I've yet to see a player better than Janino. Um I'm biased, obviously. I've been to see Messi and that, and I've been to World Cups, but um, it, it wasn't the important thing was they weren't wearing pro tops, where Shinyo yeah. was. And um, I mean, that, that first game against Leeds was uh, a shift change. Uh, you know, we, the, the beating Chelsea at home 2 0, yeah, you know, Hullet that day was the best player on the pitch by a million miles. He was incredible, but you know, we beat the Chelsea side with Hullet in the side. Yeah. You know, a couple of years before that, we were getting beat at Stoke and like. Um, getting beat by well, get, the season before getting beat at Port Vale. You know, these are all clubs that I respect. You know, I'm really pleased with both went up Port Vale and Grimsby, but um, you know, like we were getting beat by them. Then we had like um, you know, we had these world famous us. You know, we had um, you know, we had Yanagi Fiotoft, um, 
you know, but Nick Barnby, England, current mm. England nationals, yeah, yeah. not players who had like packed in 15 years earlier or, you know, were totally finished. These were players at the peak. Um, it was exciting and, you know, selling out the Riverside, you know, it was, we couldn't have achieved that at Essen Park for all the mm. sentiment of perhaps, you know, building upwards and, you know, putting seating in and in the hall gate and all that. If we couldn't have achieved it, it wouldn't have been possible. Um, the players, the players wouldn't have been drawn to play at Essen Park. It just that's a harsh reality. If you, if if anyone actually thinks that's not the case, if you look at Sunderland and the select like Roker Park when they're in the Premier League, yeah. look at the players they attracted compared to us. I mean, obviously we had the back in the Gibbo, people like George Cook, people like um, um, Keith Lamb. You know, Keith, Keith Lamb. People are all happy to put the boot in about the uh, the three points, and I think Clinton Blackmore's done it recently. Um, but um, you know, and they should have played the game. Yeah, they should have played the game. Of course, they should have done. Um, but the the you know people like Keith Lamb got us Juninho. Like, there's no two ways about yeah, it. Yeah. You know, if you if you look in the if you look in the go for the newspaper cuttings, it's Keith Lamb who's doing these deals. People are not. I think football fans are sometimes naive, and you know they're reading the paper. I signed for Brian Robson or like sign, you know football signed for money doing that. Um, and you know, it was Keith Lamb who you know, and Gibbo bringing in people like Robbo, selling the dream to these people, and you know, making sure the finances there and match the profile of Robbo. So people, you know, I, I bumped into Keith Lamb at um, Dallas Station a few years ago, back in a chat with him, and you know, he, he retired at that point, and he, um, you know, he loved the borough. You know, yeah, these yeah. people live for the club, you know, and the, you yeah. know, and they, they help make sure the club kept the head above water. But yeah, it was, it, was, it was a magnificent time, and you know, even going down, it didn't feel like the end. Whereas you know, you know, you felt like there's some optimism there, and yeah. you know the two, the 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 free cup, the free cup finals, obviously the two that season, and I was at Wembley when um, when Rav scored that goal um, against Leicester, and even now that like, I get choked up talking about it, it's the ninety six minute he scored. <sighs> and, um, yeah, I was. I mean, I mean, the, I, I'm not. I, I'm a very, very like placid person in life. More is very calm and you know fairly measured. And you know, I get. I'm, I probably get passionate about politics. I get passionate about heritage now and again. But I'm always quite like you know um, level in doing it. But the one thing that makes me totally emotion, the emotions just detach. Um, um, you know, the kind of management of Mr. Burra. and um, that when that goal went in, I. I, I um, at Wembley against Leicester, I've never, ever, ever felt elation like it. It was incredible, you know. It was it was the best set, it was the best minute or so of my life, you know. At that time, you know, it, it made my life. You know, it was brilliant. Um, and um, you know, it was, it was, and to an extent, God, this, this this sounds quite deep, but to an extent, the borough was a bit of an escape sometimes because me, um, I mean, the one thing was certain, my dad one thing was certain, this, but um, my mum, dad, and Mary's never got on. That well, you know, maybe he's argued a fair bit, um, and um, you know, and, and there's a lot of stress around that. You know, living somewhere like South Bank is quite stressful. You know, mm. you know, yeah, there's yeah. kids who got killed. You know, like you know, there's um, you know, it's quite a rough place, and you know, sometimes it was a uh, hard work. Um, and the borough was a huge escape from that. Um, it was like um, so when when you see Ravnau scoring at Wembley, and you get to go to Old Trafford for free all draws, and yeah. Um, you know, even when we got beat up when, when Gaza came on and you know, obviously give Higgy the medal and all that, you know, you always had this hope and this drive and we were signing players like Marco Branca. And, you know, like we were saying, you know, the, these players that we know from FIFA, yeah. um, these players we know from World Football, um, you know, from, from Champ Man, um, 
you know, Alan Armstrong, I loved Alan Armstrong. Yeah. I thought he was a great, great lad. And he's so unlucky um, with his injuries and that. And um, But yeah, yeah. so, yeah, the, the, the move to Riverside was the massive shift in the club. Um, and I think even now we're benefiting from that. And, you know, last week I was I was back up in Seaside um, going to see the Killers. Oh, yeah, and, yeah. And yeah. despite, even though it was a nightmare getting served, um, because we have a stadium like that, because we have a club like we do, um, it's a massive boon for the, the town when we get it right, you know, and we'll can do a bit more of that. I mean, if you yeah. think about it, I mean, we're probably quite fortunate. We'll talk, we'll touch a little bit um, on this now in terms of what a period it's been. I mean, it's quite interesting, isn't it, when you get to a certain age and you think, you know, I remember those years, the, the mid-90s and whatever, and you think, oh, actually, that was like 30 years ago now, 35 years ago. It's, it's a huge jump from where we are in football now. But it really did, and it really was, a tr- transformational period for the club, wasn't it? If you think we've gone from being in the first season of the Premier League <coughs> to being one of the first clubs to have a new stadium at the top level, to be buying the players that we were doing. And like I agree with you in terms of the relegation that we had in 97, I was absolutely gutted. But at the same time, I kind of thought, well, we'll probably sell Janino because he was one of the best players in the world and he proved it when he went to Atletico Madrid. We're probably going to sell Ravinelli and Emerson, but that's all right because we'll just use that money to buy someone else. And obviously that's what we did. But has there been, you know, looking back, I know that you do a lot of work um, with the club on this and um, for yourself in terms of what you write and, and what you look back on. Has there been a time, let's say from, I don't know, even if you took 86 to 96 there probably has never been a time in the club's history where there's been so many transformations or or improvements and and things that have happened that have shaped where the club is for such a long period of time mm. afterwards. Is there? It's a yeah, the legacy because obviously Bruce, um, Rioch, and um, Toddy and that um, they they say they help save the club. Those players help save the club. Um, but it's about how you assess it, you know, in terms of the, the legacy, their legacy is that the club exists. Um, but in reality, on the football pitch, the, you know, the, the, the performed miracles, you know, they went from the third to second to the first division, but they went straight back down. Um, quite really unluckily, actually. Um, and then they almost went down again. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we were lucky to, uh, well, we weren't lucky beating Newcastle, didn't we? But, you know, we, um, but I think, yeah, we, we, we are the luckiest generation, you know, our, our generation, Rob. Um, I was looking at this the other day, um, and I was thinking about, you know, how how we, you know, how we kind of look back at our periods as supporters. So if I said to you, well, well, actually, when we went on, when we went up as champion to Rob up in 1995, um, compared to when we went up with Charlton in 74, I think it was, um, that gap is 21 years. It's 21 years now since we appointed Steve McLaren. Mm. You know, so so the so Robbo and Charlton were closer than um Robbo and Charlton champions were closer than McLaren McLaren start and Wilder Wilder side of today. It's mad, you know. You, you, uh, yeah. But you, you, but you, you know, because you, you, you associate the you know the Charlton years even as a kid has been a distant, distant oh, past, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. Whereas in reality, it's closer than when Robbo was manager. Yeah. Um. You know, it's it's madness. Um. Uh, but we're we're really lucky. Um. Um, you know, we were, we were lucky to have the chairman we had. We were lucky mm-hmm. to be at a point where football was changing anyway, you know, where you're moving to All City Stadia. Um, I'm not a big fan of All City Stadia, but I appreciate why that had to happen or was perceived to have to happen at the time. Um, but yeah, I mean, we were lucky football, money came into football. Um, 
you know, I don't like the idea of football being sanitised whatsoever. Um, but, you know, we were at a time when you could, you know, you could, we, we were there just before the curve in terms of being able to sign Janino Rav. Yeah. Um, well, we wouldn't be able to do that now. No. Um, um, I mean, for Boxich, you know, when Boxich could be bothered, he was um, incredible. I mean, these, these players we used to be listening the, you know, the French football magazine World 11s, you know, like not so much Ravenelli, because I'm, I'm sure you've heard the, the Football Italia podcast about Ravenelli and his career in Italy. And, yeah. you know, he wasn't a star. Um, by any stretch initially, but um, but like Janino, like he, he he made England look like amateurs, um, in in the Umbro Cup, you know, and um, yeah, we, we were incredibly lucky, and we looked at the chairman, we had the players, we had um, the fan base that we had, you know, when the borough do well, the fans turn out, um, when they don't do well, the, the, the quicker disappear. Um, I've always maintained our core fan base is about 12 to 14,000. Mm. Uh, and that showed during the McLaren, during the um, during the um, Strachan and Mowbray years. Um, um, but yeah, that, I mean, that's no criticism of Tony Mowbray. I um, he's my hero, I love him. Um, but yeah, but it's yeah, it's a massive um, yeah, it's a look, it's a lucky experience to be alive. And you know, there's generations and generations of Borough fans, you know, I go, I go through the the Borough records and, uh, you know, I write about teams of the 1890s and when we won the Amateur Cup um, in, in 1895, I think it was, and um, 1898 um, as well. You know, and it's actually one of Stone Trail from where I live. It's actually, there's actually one about 200 yards in front of me, um, Headingley. And, um, you know, I read about these players and the cup coming back to the town or not coming back to the town in 1895, um, you know, parades along... Um, um, Limford Road going up to the ground where um, uh, opposite where Swatters Car is now um, you know and I think we had no glory at all you know apart from Charlton's Champions and that and um, you know the Camsel years and that where we got promoted went down went back up um, we've never had glory like we've had or consistency or quality like we've had the past um, two decades um, well the past 25 years um, so we're lucky to be. We've always maintained that we're lucky to be alive. And like when we when we when we went to um, to Cardiff for the the Carlin Cup final, and we obviously we won our first professional major trophy. Um, I went with me me mate Joe and and brother Chris Broderick and and Alan the dad um, and Alan. Um, I can, get his, I can get his Jack Charlton scarf on and all that. You know, he's been going you know, donkey's years, sixties, uh, John I reckon that, and. Um, you know, there's tears in people's eyes, you know, and you realise we're lucky, you know, we're lucky to live through what, you know, we've been to Wembley how many times? Five times now. Um, you know, we've won a major trophy. You know, we went to Eindhoven. Yeah, you know, yeah. we, you know, Major, Major and Chris and, um, you know, we were going to, um, like, in, on, in, in November in 2004, I think it was, we were, we were swollen off to Valencia, you know, to go and see a player play Villarreal and, you know, the year after I went to sport on Lisbon, like, you know, and it was surreal. It was it was weird, and for me, I never got I never got entitled to that. I think a lot of mm. our fans have become entitled, and you know, expect, and I, because we've lived through like the, you know, the, the darker days of Lenny Mamgad eight thousand there, whatever it was, and you know, get, getting hammered by by teams like Forest and that, and you know, being shown up really to show who we were um, in terms of depth and that. Um, yeah, but we're, we're lucky, and you know, I treasure every every a moment. And even now, I look forward to like 
according to every match, you know, I always have this blind hope going. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think yeah. I think it's quite interesting the the makeup of, of fans. I think the older fans who've been going sort of pre nineteen eighty, if you like, it's you know, it's so ingrained in what you do, it's just part of your life, isn't it? But I think maybe the post two thousand fans who were kind of got accustomed to seeing Premier League players, Premier League football, are a little bit different to the nineties fans because we started out with you know, being a bit of a middling team. We ended up getting in the Premier League, but then coming back down, and we've been up and down all through that decade. But I've just written down there, actually, since, you know, not not since we were supporting, but since we've been both been alive, you've had 86, we survived, 96, Ravenelli signs, 2006, we go to Eindhoven, and 2016, we get back in the Premier League. So even if you just use that as a map for where we've been as a club, it's a pretty unbelievable journey, isn't it? And I think that as fans now, I mean, for me, I've said this on other podcasts before, I don't really, I obviously care about what we do and I care about what, what happens on the pitch, but it, you almost get to a point where it almost doesn't matter really because you're going to support them anyway. You still, I'm a bit like you, even when we had Woodgate and Warnock and Pulis, I still thought, oh, we're going we're gonna to play well here. We're going to have a good game. I'm going to really enjoy yeah. this. I, I fancy us to beat these today. No matter yeah. who you were playing, you just yeah, have yeah. that sort of blind optimism, which I think, it's at a point now where that's inbuilt, isn't it? In, in fandom, if you like. Well, I think, I, think, I think I have kind of like an old attachment. You know, again, it's probably, you know, that kind of, I can steal him that, you know, I've got an attachment to as well. People like Tony, Tony Pulis, I had an awful, awful lot of time for. I think he, I think he was underrated at the Borough. I know some of the football was a bit of hard work, but he got the best out of those players that he could. Because if you, if you looked at what happened after him, um, you know, the drop, the drop like flies, you know, they're not, they weren't, um, then he realised actually he's done a good job there, and you know, and I know Tony's still really held in high regard by the, you know, the hierarchies at the club. Um, you know, the you know they still speak to him socially. They went to see him when he's when they were down in um, when we were down in Bournemouth actually um, for the away game. Um, you know, he's, he lives down he lives down down there. Um, but yeah, Tony, like, people like Tony Pulis and that were. You know, the you got a bit of hope with them, and I think I also, even though I went to Newport away and it was appalling, um, this one that, that that night was horrendous. Um, um, you know, and I went, I went to like, um, it was we got Burton Albion when we got beat by them. Um, you know, I always people when we had people like Tony Pulis and that in charge, and um, and Tony Mowbray, especially I love Tony Mowbray, like, I can't, I can't get across how much I love him, like, he's my hero, um. You know, he represents everything I think is good about football and and people and um and the borough. Um just a good I've I've only met Tony once and um I'm I'm hopefully interviewing him again soon actually. Um and I'm, I'm getting married in um in um, October and I've asked um um well well Helen Camsell, who's a granddaughter of George Campbell, Boris greatest of a goal scorer, uh, um her partner, his best mate to Tony. So oh. they've asked Tony if he can find his tie from 1990, um, from when he led the borough out, at, um, and they said yes. And um, so I might get that for me, my wedding day. Yeah, we'll see. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, like, yeah, we've, we've had to some bad times. I mean, for me, um, Tony Morbury actually helped sort us out. You know, he got the club proper on a decent foundation, and um, yeah. But I'm, I'm, like you said, you know, it's not about what. What's going on, on the pitch? Sometimes, but it's more than that. It's about what the club means to you. And um, I remember, you know, having a bit of a hard time when, when we had Mogger in and we had like, um, I mean, I met Steve McManus and that, and I had a chat with them, and they're, they're all good lads, you know. And you know, they're trying their best, but they're maybe limited or they, you know, struggle to adapt. Struggle to adapt. That's 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 the word. Um, 
But um, I remember meeting Tony Morbury at um, at Rockcliffe. I was over there doing some research at the time, and um, and I got a photo. We got the photo took by Chris Boyd, and um, it's a blurry picture. Tony said he can't even take a photo properly, and uh, but I was actually shaking. So the first time I met Tony Morbury, you know, and I only had very, 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 very faint recollections of seeing him play. I maybe saw him play about eight times from that, ten yeah. times, maybe, um, if that. Uh, but obviously, I was brought up to you know you brought up to expect people like Tony Mowbray, like Gibbo and all that, and um, and I was shaking, I was shaking like even though I was I was doing a PhD at the time and like you know I was, you know I was doing all right in my own right you know in my own like little world of being a historian, um, I was shaking. He was like, "You right, mate?" So I said, "Oh, just meeting you, Tony." I was almost in tears meeting him honestly, and um. Yeah, um, so it means a lot to us. Yeah, the borough means a lot to us. And, you know, I joke every season, like, well, we made say, are you renewing again? And I've never, ever, ever even questioned it, you know. Yeah. Um, the only times I've never, ever been able to renew is when I've, had, when I've moved away from work and, like, it's just yeah. not practical. Um, but, I've, you know, I've had a season ticket for 20-odd years, something like that. Um, I'll be more than that, won't I? Um, but, yeah, it's like, um, yeah, it's a way of life. And, like, even I live in Leeds now. Um, I work at, I work in Sheffield. Um, obviously, I I get to a lot of away games. Actually, it's quite handy, yeah, you know. Yeah. But I, I don't even question about are you going the match? It's I'm going the match. It's the 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 anomaly would be if I'm not going the match rather than if I'm going, you know. And um, I'm dead proud to be from the borough, and I make sure everyone knows I'm you know a borough fan, and you know I'm never ashamed of it. And you know even though even when I'm not doing well sometimes, it's a uh, it's a way of life, and you know you know yourself up by by setting up. Um, Borough Mark raising money for people like Teesside Ospice. Um, there's a lot more that goes on around being a football fan rather than just going to match on a on a Saturday. Um, you know, you, I mean, you you know, you deserve praise, man. You you've helped raise thousands of pounds to local, you know, Teesside charities and that. Um, but more importantly, you know, during stuff like lockdown, COVID, um, and not only that stuff like you know when people are getting laid off or. Um, you know, maybe struggling a bit, you know, as a, as a result, you know, stuff going a bit downhill. Um, stuff like, you know, going to see, um, you know, the reading, you know, reading the borough mag or, you know, just chatting about the borough on, on Twitter or whatever, or like, you know, you, you said you shared a picture of Bosco. Um, yeah, and it just gets people talking and, it, and it's, yeah. it's a way to make people feel included. And and same with the lads who, um, who do the Borough Shirt Museum. Mm. Um, it's incredible because when I go there, and also, I'm a bit of a geek anyway, so even though I've seen the same shirt about 10 times, I'll, I'll take another picture of one of Gordon Reese's shirts. And, um, but it's more about you talk to people and it's the memories these evoke. And, like, um, you know, it's 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 not just about the history of the borough or it's not just about, you know, the next match. It, it brings it together, people. I met Anthony Vickers um, a few months ago. We were looking at archive stuff and all that. And I was nervous. It was bizarre. Like I was nervous speaking to um, Anthony Vickers because I used to read Vickers columns in the Gazette, and yeah. he came to the archives actually. And, um, I so I'm, I'm, sorry, I'm nervous meeting you. You know, it's bizarre. And also, we get on, you know we get on in that you know. Uh, but I was just like nervous to meet him in person because you know it's something I've been reading since the nineties. Um, you know, Teesside Tommy and all that. Um, but um, but yeah, it's, it's bizarre that the borough has a different relationship for me you know I, I i deal with like like in my job i deal i mean my consultancy work i deal in um 
like with national like international governments, I deal with like policy officers, I deal with like MPs and all that, unfortunately. Um deal with elect deal with regional mayors. Um, um I get loads of abuse for um knocking down blast furnaces, which obviously I didn't do. Um but well, the thing that I, well, that's it. Honestly, some people, uh, uh, you know, I don't know. They've got no grasp of reality, um, and like, but yeah, the, I'm most nervous and I'm most excited. Um, you know, not not going abroad, not giving lectures of you know Oxford or whatever. Um, it's um, you know, I went to a conference in Miami um, in 2015, um, sports history conference. So I was going to talk about. Um, What's it about? It's about Dorman Long and like in Steelworks having football teams and all that. Mm. Um, and I actually flew back early um, to go to the playoff final. Um, so I flew back overnight from Miami to go to, um, to Wembley and get a bit by Norwich. But yeah, you know, but I don't even question it, but it's where I get my buzz and my, my, my thrills from. And, you know, I've never been, I've never met Steve Gibson, um, bizarrely. Um, and I, I saw Steve in, um, I went to this play, um, the, the early version of Iron and Steel, which um, um, Katie Gibson's um, doing at the Riverside actually in July. And um, I didn't speak to him because I thought everyone must hassle him. Mm-hmm. But I felt nervous around him, you know, and I don't feel that. I don't feel that when, like, I'm dealing with these, these bloody politicians or, like, um, you know, these company directors or universities or professors or whatever. But we're gibbles, you know, like um, even when I'm in the borough, I'm handling the documents of, you know, the football club or um, there's, there's, I've got like a special kind of like, it sounds like cheese, but like almost like a special kind of link to it, you know, like a, a particular care um, and a, a, a nervousness and excitement that, you know, I can't, that, that's, it's not much like anything else in my life at all, um, you know. It is interesting being a fan, having that sort of intrinsic link to something that, it's not. It's it's funny, isn't it? How it you're not you're not born as it being part of your life. Yes, your family are into it and and whatever else. But I, I was watching the Brian Robson documentary Rob all the other day, mm. and uh, and Gibson came on for the Borough segment, and even just seeing him sitting there and talking about Robson and talking about what that was like was just. It's an amazing moment because I think sometimes we do have a little bit of recency bias as fans, and I think that's certainly true in lots of sports. And we think about, oh, well, if Gibson didn't spend, give Gary Monk 50 million, we wouldn't be in the place we are now. If you'd have given him 20 and maybe seen how it went, blah, blah, blah. But then you forget that Gibson lived through all that period of the 90s and that was his ambition for the club. And that was what he wanted to do. And, and it's a little bit like that for us as fans, isn't it? You've still got those memories and that link with the club mm. and what you want to do. Has there been anything that you've done, I suppose, over the last few years that, has kind of brought up any surprises about the club. I know you did the um, the Art of Airsome exhibition last year, I think, wasn't it? Mm. 20, uh, yeah, 20, uh, night, uh, 2020. We were doing it in the, bang in the middle of, well, just as cold, just kicking off because we were yeah. going to have an exhibition in town. And um, yeah, it's been a few things, you know, and, you know, I've worked, I've, I've worked with the club to try and, you know, rectify some stuff. I don't think we do a great deal um, as a club. Um, they don't do I'm not part of the club I don't get paid by the club never been paid by the club um, I don't think they we whatever I always say we could it's a bugger um, we don't do as much of our history as we possibly can I think Vic being at the club now is brilliant I think Vic will do a lot more and his shirts books and his 25 year Riverside book um, is good um, the borough were receptive it's just giving a bit of direction about how we, what we, how we might maybe make the, the archives more accessible but mm. we found some incredible stuff in there just, just little bits like 
you know, the women playing at Essen Park during the First World War and, um, you know, the raising money for the local charities and, um, you know, stuff like um, the original plans for Essen Park, well, you know, working with the archives. I mean, it's not promoted very well, but um, like the Burroughs plans, the ones for Essen Park, the Archibald Leash ones, they're actually on display at the moment, so I think, or at least recently, at the Design Museum in London. You know, you know, and we don't we don't shout and celebrate that enough. And um I'd like to see us do more to celebrate the past. I think there's been a real there's been a real um um renaissance and interest in the borough's past. I think it's across football more generally. I think social media's played a massive part, I think COVID's played a huge part. People like yourself, Rob, driving stuff like Borough Mag, um the lads of the Borough Shirt Museum, um official stuff like Vic. Um, doing his birth stuff, you know, that kind of content people want to read and they want to engage with. And, and I think it's important that we make people feel a part of that, um, you know, because football is, is a big part of public history. You know, it's something that can connect people. Um, I've done some work of aging better Middlesbrough um, a few, a few years, a couple of years ago. And um, we were talking about the burr and memories of the burr and what have you. And um, we had um uh, Marie um, Wigzorik, who was the captain at the of the, the women's side and played for England, and you know she's still part of the found. Well, she was part of the foundation. I'm not sure she's still working. Um, I think she's threatening to retire at some point, but I'm never, I'm never convinced she will. I'm just um, going to jump in there for a second because I remember her for basically coaching anyone yeah. who went to school in Redcar and Cleveland for about five years, every half term. Uh, firstly, the Peters Sports Hall, Southland Centre, mm. Hurling mm. Shaw. She was always there in a pair of Adidas Sambas and a Borough Trackie. And it was mm. like, it's funny actually, isn't it, when you talk, we think about women's football and women in football. Not once did any of us, as kids, think, we've got a woman coaching us how to play football. It was like, she's class at football and now she's teaching us. You know what I mean? And it's, it's Yeah, it. we're looking, you, you know... That the club's about, you know, that football's about, you know, it brings people together. Um, you know, that the, these are the people, these are the these are the heart of our community. It's not just about going to match on a Saturday. I know it sounds like cheesy, I know it sounds like a PI exercise for the borough, but it's not it's it's not about like, oh look look at the borough they've raised, you know, you know, they've contributed millions of pounds to the economy or whatever. It's about people like Marie who's coming to school and coaches mm-hmm. or like um, you know, go to the Island Shaw Centre and have Jim Platt, yeah, like yeah. um you know, tell telling you to get off the pitch and um you know and um you know people like Frank Sprague and I mean I've been really lucky because you know because I've been involved with the borough and I've been ranked for the program and that like people like Paul Jews at the club Jews who's even though he's a Leeds fan he's um he's all right Paul you know and, and they get it you know they know there's a there's a the real interest there and the, the importance of the borough and you know doing stuff like out of air so much brilliant because you realize there's loads of different ways in which people want to express their connection to the borough um you know like um we had like Mackenzie Fort working there. We had um, Richard Pierce Rayner, uh, who was the artist of residence 20 odd years. Um, and we had fans well submit their own artworks. And you, you realize how much football inspires you. And, um, you know, there's so much that, you know, there's Borough Walkers, um, you know, there's there's people like the Rainbow Reds to do all sorts for the community and, um, and to make people have a sense of belonging so it's not just about what's going on the pitch but it's what it's about what the, the club cultivates in the in the broader like you know broader area um it's, it's something we should be proud of you know um and hopefully we can um hopefully the season we'll get we'll get promoted and that, that's always like the icing on the cake but but yeah i think you know and i think you know like it's going back to you know digging through the poorest history and the archives and that 
I mean, like stuff about like you know prepare. You know, they had like a rifle range at Essen Park. You know, the players were getting trained out to shoot. You know, in preparation for the war and like. Um, you know, you had I've, I've discovered stuff about like sponsorship deals for footballs in the 1920s that are unheard of. You know, mm-hmm. um, I found recordings of people talking about um, George Camsell, uh, you know, giving um, giving a football away. But I'm, I'm, I'm sure we can talk more about George Camsell in the future because I've got a book coming out on George. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I mean, there's there's loads of stuff. I mean, speaking to people like Alan Moore, you know, I was. I was you know, getting Alan to do that for us in the, an article on the program. Interviewed Gary Hamilton. That was fantastic. Um, Gary is a brilliant character. Really, really, really knowledgeable fella. Um, really passionate about the borough even now, even though he's living in Texas. I think there's a New Mexico. I can't remember quite where he is now. Um, and you know, speaking to um, also spoke to, you know, I spoke to a few of the former players, and it's the buzz you get off it, and um, you know, you learn so much more about. You know how football works, and you know I want to share that. And you know I was talking to to Vic about this a few a few months ago. Back, I'm going to do a Borough Memories book and get Borough fans to share the memories and mm-hmm. you know capture that because if you don't capture it, it goes away sadly. You know, so people want the granddad to be in the book, and mm-hmm. you know what was it like going to Weston Park, seeing John O'Rourke and all that, and John Ickton. and I'm seeing John Ickton next week, hopefully. Um, uh, if I can work around it. Um, but yeah, but I think it's a real interest. And obviously, like you saw, like you're saying, Rob, you know, the documentaries about Robbo and Gaza and all that, you know, we're, we're coming to a point now where whereas Borough were kind of in the footballing abyss in terms, you know, the, the, the stars of the show, if you like. When there's documentaries on now about football in the 90s, about Gaza, about Robbo, the Borough feature in them. Yeah, yeah. And that's not, um, the England team, McLaren, or, you know, Nick Barnby, when people look back to Euro 96, these are Borough players, the Borough managers, these are part of the club's history. You know, so we're not on the peripheries anymore. And I think that, that's testimony to, you know, the, how important the Borough is and, you know, especially how important the past 25, 27 years have been. Um, we can probably scratch the last two years, to be honest. But. Yeah, there's, there's definitely, I was thinking about this while I was watching the Robson documentary, so I thought there's definitely a gap in the market for, some more Borough films or looking at certain periods of time. And I'm not saying Borough Mag films is going to be launched anytime soon, but there's definitely, um, there's definitely stuff that people will be interested in. I remember watching videos. You remember you used to get those like um, match of the seventies kind of videos. It was like, you could get like a Borough one and Man U one. Yeah. With Graham Soonis on the front cover. Yeah. 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 yeah I had yeah, like that yeah. and Borough 101 goals. And it'd be great to see something like that about the club because Although we, you know, we go on our generation, especially about the Ravenellis and Janinios and Emersons and whatnot, and we have those mm. season reviews and stuff on YouTube. It'd be brilliant to get, you know, I'm not going to say get all those people in the same room again, but have their reflections and their feelings on it because you do often see it from distance. Whether it's like mm. the BBC did the that Premier League documentary, didn't they? Which I thought was good, but a massive mm. missed opportunity because I think it was only four hours long. You could have easily mm. done twenty hours on that. Yeah, one, yeah, yeah, one for each season. Um, but I, I totally agree, and I think you know we, we've had stuff like the '86 documentary and Chant mm-hmm. Champions, and uh, we done um, what did we do recently? Uh, I contributed to one. I can't remember which one it was. Oh yeah, um, uh, my first, my first, but uh, it's my first match. I'm in it. Um, yeah, Rob Nichols, Rob Nichols, Rob Nichols yeah. book, brilliant, you know, and um, 
you know, like Rob, Rob puts a caveat at the front, you know, some of his memories might be misremembered, but it's where the it's about where they are, the place in the heart of the club, and it's totally right, you know. And Rob is a, a wonderful person, and you know, it's you know, working with Rob and like flying me to the moon, and um, you know, me and Rob at the moment we're, we're working on a, a project to we tried to do it before COVID, um, but we chased some wooden mills for council and obviously getting the boy on board. We're trying to do an archaeological dig at um at Essen Park. Right. Um, near the Hallgate Wall, so we're, we're, we're looking up for funding in and getting the community mobilised around that. Um, I'm speaking to the Dolman Museum about doing something around George Camsell, um, you know, around the book and um, you know celebrating what an incredible figure he was. Mm. Um, but I think you know the, we've got a brilliant opportunity now, and obviously, I'll, you know, I need to sit down and speak with the board and see what we can do. You know, we've got a 150 year anniversary in four years' time. Yeah, yeah, that's very. I mean. That's the official anniversary, but very dubious, by the way. Um, but um, yeah, um, but you know, I think there's such a there's such a lot of goodwill out there. Anyway, you know, you wouldn't get this for any other history project. Um, but I think there's something to be done there, and I think I mean doing it properly and collecting stuff properly. One of the things I, as a historian, and um, like one of my concerns probably is um, where does this stuff go if someone if you know if if um, if if Rob Fletcher falls out of love with the borough, or you know the 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 borough shirts burn burn down, or um, you know there's no money kicking about it, where's where's the legacies of this? And um, it's about you know having this in an archive and making it accessible, and you know kind of like consolidated you know space where you can access this material. Um, it's something that's it's you know I've been on with the borough about this year for years and years and years, and we've spoken to various people at the club, and we're doing it again now. Um, how we can make sure that these records and this history is celebrated and you know 150 150-ish years of the borough. I was a football club coming up in, in four years or five years, whichever you want to look at it. Um is a is a huge, huge deal. You know, it's a 150 years of any institution should be celebrated and the borough is an institution. I know technically I, I might be wrong here, but I don't think technically we're the same club anymore i think we are we are technically a different institution but we're yeah. not are we you know we're not no, yeah. i think we, i think we are 1986 now is that right yeah i think so yeah they have to sell we, I, mean, I don't know if we've still got the athletic in the name or not um or association or not i can't remember now um um but um you know for all intents and purposes we were you know we're 150 years old in 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 that 19 in the 20 say i'm a historian living in 1900 <laughs> um that um 2020 Six twenty-seven season, you know, and we, we should really get behind that. You know, it I shouldn't mean, be like a little one event. Yeah. It should be a, a real thing to get behind, and you know, the shirt be should be on brand. You know, to reflect yeah. it. Um, you know, we should be it should be a, a celebration of the football club and all it means to people. And I think and that season as well is forty years since the new club in inverted commas was formed as well. So it's kind of a nice bit of um, nice bit of symmetry there with that as well, isn't it? It is very serendipitous, and um, you know, and we're at a point now where we can still engage the people from forty years ago. In reality, in 10, 20 years' time, we've seen we've seen it tragically. Um, even, you know, people like you go passing away, bless him. Yeah, yeah. Um, people like um, um, uh, John Gittins. Um, you know, so unfortunately, we're not all we're not around forever. You know, oh. you know, poor you know, poor guy. Gary Parkinson, you know, and um, you know, me and you know, we, I'm speaking with Alan Peacock's family, 
Um, and I went to Alan, I went to Alan Peacock's house actually. He's a he's a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant man. And um, you know, but obviously Alan's got um, he's got a form of dementia. Um, you know, so it, these are memories and these are moments in time that we can't have forever. You know, John Ickton's coming back to Teesside next week. Um, you know, John Ickton was in great health recently. You know, so it's you know it's a point where we can mobilise and bring that history together and um, bring the people, um, you know, behind the scene to players on the pitch, the fans in the stands, the the collections at the club, the um, the artifacts in the community. Bring that together and let's have a massive celebration of what the borough is, regardless of whether in the in the Premier League, you know, only or or you know, maybe by then we'll be in the Champions League, but we'll we'll see. Yeah. Um the planned optimism. Well that's it, yeah. I, I remember when Tony Mowbray took over. Um <laughs> I, I had a better with my mate, um, Chris Harper. Um, um and Tony obviously I was buzzing Tony because he's my hero, I love Tony Mowbray. And um and Tony took over as manager, and um, I had a bet on me, mate, Chris. I think it was 500 quid. Also. He's, never, he's never actually made me pay, so that's good of him. But I bet him 500 quid that I've been five seasons, Tony Mowbray, when I was in the, um, when I had the borough in the Champions League. <laughs> so that's my, um, but yeah, ho- you know, hopefully we can get back to the days of, you know, being in the top half of the Premier League and doing well. It's a lot harder than what it was, um, you know, back 20 years ago, but you, know, well, like you never you, know. Like you say, with our history, though, I mean, I bet. The fans who were turned up in the early 80s didn't think that just over 10 years later we'd be signing someone who scored a goal in the European Cup final for £7 million. Do you know what I mean? And I think that that's the... that I suppose maybe you could argue that was the beauty of football and the fact that you could still do that at that time. But to be fair, I still think you can do it now. I don't know whether you can do it at the same level as, you know, unless you get a huge benefactor, which might well happen in the next... 10 or 15 years, we obviously just don't know that at the moment with Gibson, you know, from an age point of view, thinking about his legacy, where does he go next with the club and all that. But that's probably another uh, another podcast right there. But there's that's a, a lot whole of mem- se- that's a whole series, isn't it? Oh, but um but yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of memories tied up with obviously your time as a fan tosh. And I always try and ask people at the end of the um at the end of the podcast to try and come up with an 11 from their time as a fan. I know that on Twitter, through the Borough Mag account, we've had a lot of people sharing over the last few weeks their Borough 11, arguing that Ravenelli shouldn't be in there, arguing that Boxic didn't do it enough so he couldn't be in there. People can't believe that we've forgotten Steve Pears was one of the best goalkeepers in England. So, I mean, they're always nice to um, have a little debate about them. And I will caveat this with me forgetting to remind Tosh that I needed a Borough 11. So this was hastily put together. I'm assuming there's probably at least 20 other versions that Tosh could have written at this point. But have you got a Borough 11 that you could be, uh, that you'd be happy to share, Tosh? I've got one that I can probably commit to and then regret it immediately. Um, in goal, can I, can I talk you through them so I don't, um, yeah, yeah, don't know of the awesome. committee? Yeah. So my emotion says Stephen Pears. Um, um, Pears, is a great goalkeeper. Um, you know, he, he's unlucky not to play. For England, obviously, he had that injury, uh, and he overcome a lot as well. You know, you know, he had he had part of his um, part of his, his finger missing as well. You know, as a goalkeeper, he's quite short as a goalkeeper. Um, so the emotional side would say Percy, but the cold clinical um, wannabe football manager uh, Max Water. Max, is there is a reason why you play five up games in the top fight and um, Water's class. Now and again, he made the odd error, but he always redeemed himself. You know, the, yes. the, the Carling Cup final being the absolute. 
pinnacle of, as an example. Yeah, Swartz is class. Um, met Mark Swartz years ago. Lovely, lovely fellow as well. What, I think he wanted to stay at the Borough and we were stupid to get rid of him. He yeah. got us relegated now. Um, <laughs> because if you Brad Jones and Ross Turnbull, if you put them together as a goalkeeper, they weren't half the goalkeeper. Um, um, Swartz was, or Percy for that matter. Uh, so goalie Swartz. Um, even though it was very short and sweet in both cases, I was torn, and I've tried to put players in that I remember. I, there's a couple where I, I've, I've been, I've broken my own rules, but never mind. Um, I've put um, uh, Danny Mills in. Yeah. I, I mean, it's hard not to put the, the Borough side in for who won the cup, to be honest with you. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, I mean, there's other players I could have put in there. Um, Luke Young was incredible when he was with us, um, in an incredibly poor side again. Um I'll try to get a bit of balance here, but again, I can't. Um, I was torn between Southgate, because Southgate was colossal and brilliant and outstanding, the best defender we've probably ever had. Um, you know, he played, he played for England, you know, at major finals. Mm. Um, he played for England when he was at the Borough. I think he played in South Africa um, for the when he was the Borough player against South Africa. Um, so was, for me, as centre-halves, it's a really hard one because I'm so emotionally bound to some of them. Um, the Southgate's beyond question, I think, even though I'm torn as to whether I'd have him or, uh, or Nigel Pearson. Um, as um, it's much easier to do a worse side. Yeah. Um, so, but but and then I was torn between um, Hugo because um, Hugo's quality is undoubted, and you know he's you know it's, you know this is football based. You know it's tragic what happened to Hugo. Um, his quality is brilliant. His presence. Um, my mem- memories of Tony Mowbray are only fleeting um, as a player, but I've met him as a man, and I know what he achieved for the Borough. I know what he did to save our club. Um, I know the sacrifices he made when perhaps some of his even best mates didn't do. Um, so I've got a emotions ruling my football in head here. Um, it's got to be Tony Mowbray. Um, obviously, worthy men. I mean, you know, Palace was a a better footballer. Tony would never dispute that, I don't think. Um, and I was lucky enough to interview Guy Pallister. Um, and and Pally was quality. Pally was brilliant. And But he's, you know, his greatest years are at Man U. And more brave for what he represents. Maybe it's not not because he was the best centre-half, but what he means to, to me and I'm sure thousands of Borough fans. And then the, the opposite side of emotional attachment, but called and being called unclinical, I'd have to go... It's a really unbalanced side, by the way. We'd get armoured every week. Um, Christian Ziga. Ziga's oh, quality. Yeah, he was. He's absolutely outstanding. Um, he, he was... To have him from AC... For, for having to, to have him from AC Milan was, again, it's that dream of, you know, football manager again, yeah. or Trampman or FIFA or whatever, um, international superstars, or whatever you want to hop back to. Uh, Frank Quadru, another one. Uh, met nice lad, Frank. Um, but I think Ziga pivs that one, even though he's only here for uh, a season and he went off to Liverpool. Despite but quality... he, yeah, despite how he left, he went... Liverpool, you know, took him in a heartbeat, didn't they? And that, that team that Liverpool were building were, comp- mm. were about to be competing for European trophies and won the European treble and all that sort of stuff. That shows you how good he was that season. He immediately was snapped up mm. by a top four team by just mm. staying fit for one. I know it kind of... Didn't work from there and Spurs and whatnot, but he was brilliant in that season. Really, really good. I mean, because obviously people say it didn't work from Spurs, but he won a trophy, didn't he? Yeah. Won a, one more trophy than what we did. Yeah. And um, yeah, I mean, Ziga was, um, I mean, I, I 
I'm not convinced it was all Christian Zegan. I know he's come out since saying he didn't want to. And, you know, we've all heard the story about Robo Shoshay, Antonio Dale, and his agent pulled his hand away. Uh, all that carry on. Um, and this is where this is where we go total football, and then we have the bias. Um, so the, the midfield, I'll, I'll, I'm only putting three in midfield because I'm, I like goals. Um, Mendy was one of the best footballs I've ever seen. Uh, Mendy was outstanding and he wasn't just outstanding against Man U he, 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 I went to Wigan away in the League Cup years ago we won 2-0, 2-1 they had Guy Walsh and goal actually and I meant he just just toyed with him mm-hmm. you know, he, was, he was brilliant passing was incredible his vision was in, it was was beyond comparison how we got Mendy I'll never know but again if you look back at the Gazette it's Keith Lamb going over there yeah um, yeah um, um, George Boateng um, would be in there I mean, we get overrun every week this team. We probably we probably score four, but we'd let in about six. Um, I was Janino. Yeah, um, yeah. So both things going to be knackered off the back yeah. of this because you're going to have Seagull bombing forward. You're going to have Danny Mills bombing forward. Um, um, so I'm in midfield, but I would. I was torn between the bias here. Um, I was torn between getting Alan Moore and um, Stewie Dallin in there and Zenden actually yeah. on one side if I was going to play 4-4-2. Uh, Robbie Musto, mm. brilliant player for the board. Jamie Pollock, I mentioned um, earlier. I've, I've not even referenced people like Paul Ince and that, you know, yeah. um, um, or Hignett. Um, yeah, it's a tough one. But I just wanted to go goal heavy and I wanted to get Wilco in there somehow, but I'm not sure if I managed it yet. Um, I, can't, I still can't bring myself not to put him in. Um, so up front, the, the three up front, um, I'm torn between Ravnelli and Boxic. Um, and then I've got to bring brackets John Hendry because I'm, again, I'm, I'm mad by how, how we never played with Scotland, I'll never know. Um, I was lucky enough to meet John Hendry as well and I had a pint of him actually in the Crown back in the day. And um, he's my mate, Joe's best um, um, favourite player. And I'd had a drink, and obviously I love John. So I lo- and I said to John Andrew, I love, I love you, John. Um, but Wilco was always my favourite. And Joe went, what do you say to him for? <laughs> but uh, I never met Wilco, so I'm a bit good about that. But um, So I'd probably go Ravenelli purely because it was colossal, and boxers used to frustrate me even more than Ravenelli. Um, up front, alongside him, um, George Camsell, Borough's record goal scorer. I've never seen him play, but I know probably more about him than anyone does. And incredible, you know, he, he scored 18 goals in nine games for England. He actually scored more than that if you count some of the, the international um, training games and, you know, the football league games. Um, he scored northwards of 350 goals for the club. That's more, that's actually more than his official record. He scored a hell of a lot more goals than that, in fact. In one season, he scored 70-odd goals, um, you know, including his reserve games or, you know, the, the kind of A-team games. But back then, they were really important. They were Northern League games. They were quite a high standard. Yeah. Um, so, I put, yeah, so Rav, Camzo, um And then, do I put Wilco in or do I put Viduka in? Um, for me, I mean, we had Jimmy as well. We had Yakubu. Um but for me, Viduka was class. Viduka was absolutely incredible. And, um, you know, Leeds fans, obviously I live in Leeds now, and Leeds fans loved him. Celtic fans loved him. Um, Newcastle fans, maybe it's not so much. Um, yeah, I'd probably have to, uh, if, I was, if I was being a footballing man, I'd probably say Viduka. Yeah. But because my heart rules my head, I'm going to go Wilco instead. <laughs> so we're going to put, we're going to have Wilco, Camusel and Rav. Uh, there you go, that. 
for but that's only because my team it's not it's not it's not, it's not going to be the best team but it's the one that the players have a bit of perfection for as well so we'll put Wilco in there just to make sure it's not a team of absolute shining quality um you know in the modern sense and we have a bit of um you know 15 goal Premier League forwards in there as well and I think that's that's such a key thing about being a fan, isn't it? You've got your favourites down the years and you've got people who you can really identify with. Similarly, when you just mentioned there about doing a worst 11, you've got players who played for us and we cheered them on and you think, I didn't even remember that they played for us. I can't remember the games they played in, but you know, at the time you think they're okay. But that connection with the players is such a key part of being a fan, isn't it? It's, 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 what, it's what drives you to go to the game. And I think the last couple of years, unfortunately, we might probably haven't had those players that we can sort of pin our hopes on, you know, when the likes of Clayton and Ledbetter leave and Ayala and Gibson, those players who we had that real tight, close attachment to, all of a sudden we're just gone and there's that little void and we can blame managers and whatever else. But I really hope now that the players that we're buying, we are trying to buy those players that we can, I know we're going to try and sell them for value in a couple of years time, but, Thinking about the here and now, who we're going to get behind. So my last Mm. question, I suppose, is who is a player in the current team or the current squad that you feel like you've got that sort of attachment to on the pitch? Oh, um, I mean, going back to what you said about, you know, players that perhaps weren't shining stars, but you had a bond with, you know, there's loads of them in the bird time. Um, um, I mean, I was on a train with Danny Coyne and Danny Coyne was was a a good, solid goalie. Um, A lovely fellow as well. Um, yeah, um, I mean, I mean, I mean, one one of my problems. I've never, I've never ever been detached from the club, and I hear people who say I fell back in love with my club and all. I think it's nonsense. Like, how can you yeah. fall back in love with your club? It's sickening. Yeah. I mean, over the past couple of years, I really struggled because I really, 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 and I, I don't, I don't. You can cut this out, Rob, if it's going to libel, yeah, um, or libel me. Um, I could not warm in one way whatsoever to Neil Warnock. I could not warm to the fellow. I just. I don't like him. I don't like what he represents. I don't like his politics. I don't like his um don't like the way he talks about um officials, I don't like the way he talks contempt about footballers, about clubs, about um those people who the people, people the people who paid for his house in Cornwall, you know, I I I've not I had zero time um for him. Um I know he kept us up. Um so that, that bond's been quite hard of late. And um I mean it's local lads. Um Dale Fry, um, I love Dale Fry. He has his faults, of course. He does, like you know, he, he's prone to mistake, aren't we all? Um, but um, I like Dale an awful lot, and I'll, I'll be gutted when he goes. Um, if he goes, um, um, yeah, Dale. I mean, I, I mean, what I like about Dale Fry, I think Nando's. I take my little brother, little brother, my twenty-eight-year-old brother, to Nando's when I meet him in the borough. Um, he's quite picky as to where he eats and that. And um, I was sat next to Dale, um, Dale and I said, uh, "You know, I don't like Aslan, but I'm still, I'm still a bit of a fan by even now." And um, I said, "No, oh, good luck on good luck on Saturday, Dale. It's a Friday or Thursday, whatever." And um, he said, "Oh, cheers, mate. You go and all that." And he just said, "Chat with us," and I thought, "You know, that's that sounds as you know." And um, yeah, probably Dale Fry's one I have a bond with at the moment. And obviously, um, if I don't know, if someone like Ben Gibson came back, but mm. I've got a I've got a lot of affection for Ben Gibson. Like he's um he's a good lad. Um I'm not sure it's the right move to bring him back. But um but yeah, maybe um, Ben Gibson would be one of, of past players. Um who else is the local I like um I like um 
um, um, Josh um, um, Corbyn. Yeah, like I know it's not a local lad, but he's, you know, I like, I like, I like, you know, these kind of industrious, you know, um, old school footballs. I suppose I'm trying to get any other local lads in the side, have we? Um, probably class Tav as a local lad. I know he's not. Oh, Tav actually, yeah, Tav's done brilliant this season. I but, mean, um, the fans yeah. got on his back, but you know, lads like Tav, you know, Tav's done a, a hell of a job this season. You know, when when others have been absolutely disgraceful, um, he's been brilliant. Mm. You know, when we've had players brought in who haven't performed at all and have a massive arrogance with them as well, um, almost like they're doing you a favour playing for you. And you have people like Tav who toil away and um, and are brilliant. Um, yeah, and I'd be sad to see Tav leave. Actually, mm. um, I, I'd be. I, I mean, if you keep all of them, that'd be incredible. But I don't. You will. I think they'll be off. Um, but these are lads who care about the borough, you know. Yeah. And and you know, I wanted Jonathan Woodgate to do well as manager. You know, yeah. as you know, as and I, I mean, I, I've huge issues with some of these behaviour when he's younger off the pitch. You know, um, you know, obviously here in Leeds, but um, you know, he's a borough lad. You know, and he wants to do well. And he's grown up now, and he's. You know, and you saying the other day, have we got abuse on social media? Like, why are you slagging off a borough lad? You know, because yeah. the same people who are slagging off borough lads uh, are the ones pandering to people like Neil Warnock. You know, isn't he funny? Look at the quip he's made. Like, these are lads who, you know, love the borough. So, you know, get behind them rather than pandering to some, you know, someone who's, you know, who's, who spends his nights before a borough game watching Forrest, or a borough pre-match conference, you know, watching Forrest come to see what something funny he can say rather than, you know, getting behind the lads, you know what I mean? Um, but sorry, that's my rant. You can cut that out if you want, Rob, but I have honestly, I have no affection whatsoever. Um, I was delighted the day when I, um, um, and obviously we knew Chris Wilder was coming in. Mm. Um, and um, I'll offer Chris Wilder, so I met Chris um, a few months ago and I, I actually met him the, a few days before the Burnley job thing came up and um, I got no sense at all and I was talking to Leo and uh, Ian Bennett and that and um, I had no sense at all that was that all that was coming up um, but hopefully we can keep balls but we can't have that again we can't have that carry on again no um, because we can't every, well no well I mean every time I mean McLaren had somewhere to back it up you know he'd um, you know he'd won a Champions League with Man U he'd um, you know, and he went on to manage England. I know he was, you know, maybe he wasn't helped out by the players at England. I'll always stick up with Steve McLaren as well, actually. Um, but yeah, yeah. So I think there's a, there's a real thing where we need to maybe, ease, um, I think Borough fans are really entitled um, supporters at the minute. At all. The bonds at the form are bizarre. Um, they'd rather get behind someone who says something clever or smart on social media mm. um, than, than actually, you know, people who actually love the Borough and love the club. Um, but I'm old and cynical and miserable, so don't um, you know? Don't um, don't be like me. Don't be a don't be a tosh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been great speaking to you, Tosh, and it's it's great. All to, right, Rob. Yeah, to hear yeah. your memories and your time as a fan, and especially that thing about that Borough Eleven as well. Some of the players that we've had over this period of time has been has been quite incredible, hasn't it? And we'll definitely get you back on and talk a lot more about George Camps as well. So we got a book. Um, coming up about that as well. Mm. I think he's a really interesting character in English football as well because he's such an important player at that time and, you know, he's always overshadowed, I think, in the history, especially even with what Mitrovic was doing this season, which doesn't actually come anywhere near what no. has done in terms of goal scoring. But, you know, that's football, isn't it? Whitewashing what's mm. gone in the past. But Well, I really... that's it. I mean, it's anything pre-92. And, um, I mean, Mitrovic is I mean, a massive favourite because he holds on my book. So that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. yeah. yeah.
Well, thanks a lot, Tosh. It's been great. And if you've enjoyed listening to the Borough Mag this week, uh, please do like, rate, review and share on social media. Uh, let your friends know about us and we'll see you again next time.